want to thank again my friends Lori and, and Leslie Felger for, for opening up the home for us. And, and the Hashem's book should open up for all Kalei's who's in Yeshua's and this this year is, should be a schus for for Jew who needs a refuel besides Shachal Yisrael Mordechai Baruch Hafal Ben Chana should have a refuel Shleim. We're on page Yudches sort of winding down it's, it's almost the end of Everything we're learning now, of course, is, is to prepare for Yantiv, where it says on page Yudchas Uberfapish Bishnei Hanaaris. Rabbi was explaining, we were talking about this last week, how a Jew comes from a place of Tanugim, of Masikas, of great delight and of great sweetness. And in this world, and especially in our times, because of, for many, many reasons that we spoke a little bit about, it happens quite often that the sweetness and the joy and the excitement that is in Yiddishkeit is not really being shown. That side of Yiddishkeit is not being shown to the children. They don't see that. They might not see it so much in the home. They might not see it so much in the school. And as a result of that, this drive that's natural in a Jew who comes from Hashem's throne of glory who comes from Gan Eden it's natural that the Jew more than any other person in the world seeks fulfillment and excitement in the Chazal and the Medrash and Kahalas which I'm sure you've heard describe this as this entire world as a relationship between between um, Abbas Melech and Ben Kfar that you have a princess who married, who married a, a very sweet, nice guy, but a fellow from the village, you know, plain guy. So the measure says that no matter what he brings her, no matter what he does for her, it really doesn't add up because she's a basmal, because she comes from the palace. So he, the poor guy works so hard, and he gets her like, you know, a nice coat. It doesn't mean anything, because in the palace she had all the, the, the fur coats and all the most beautiful things in the world. So even if he brings her kalma, dane, olam, all the delicacies of the world, it really means little to her. So the story of our people, the story of Klayasol in this world, is the story of the Basmalach, of the princess, who's married to this world and is part of this world. And whatever this world brings a Jew, whatever the world brings a Jew, it doesn't satisfy him. It doesn't bring a feeling of contentment. We think that it will. We expect it to. And because of that, as I was explaining, we look for... We look for tanugim for pleasure, and we look for uh, we look to fulfill, for the fulfillment of fantasies in, in things of this world. We're looking for geshmak and for a simcha in this world, and this world, of course, can't provide that. On the other hand, when it comes to learning, when it comes to avodas Hashem, kolas kolas kashas. It's very very hard. It seems it seems like something which is unfulfilling from the outside. Only when you're really in it. Does it does it give you that joy? But from the outside, it's unfulfilling, especially since many of the many of us were raised in in, in an environment where Yiddishkeit wasn't particularly um, wasn't presented as being so exciting and beautiful and real. So there's this feeling of of the heaviness of Yiddishkeit. And since it's true and it's real, when it comes to anything that's true, the rule is kol haschalas kashas. At the beginning, it's very difficult. It's very hard. But Hashem promises that mikan yarev lechem that it's going to become. It's going to get sweet. It's going to it's going to become beautiful once you once you're in it. So we're on we're on, on, on page Yudchas Ubefrat. Ubefrat b'shnei hanaros b'shnei hanaros shadayim leyodim umedamim shatanig hazel ha'achir zemashu. The sign of a young person is that that person believes that that particular form of enjoyment or pleasure that his or her friends. Uh, see as being as being important or that's presented on the television or wherever it might be that zemashu that that's really something it's an unbelievable thing that's really something fantastic so at the beginning of the Rabbi writes over there it's the Chodesh HaTamidim says that in those days before Mashiach comes 
there's going to be a new type of a way that the Yetzirah there'll be a new Yetzirah a new way that the Yetzirah functions and what will that be? besides all the regular besides all the regular things that the Yetzirah is working on and all the regular projects of the Yetzirah there'll be something new and what's that? This is a very, very big Yetzirah now and it's something which is unique to our times it never ever was until our times when I say our times, I mean the last, the last 70, 80 years it was never, what's that? where the children are convinced that they know more than their parents and their teachers there was never such a thing years ago, and you still see this you still see this by the Svardim who have still there's a taste of what once was and by the Svardashi you see that, that that in general there is a recognition that the parents and that the teachers are very special are special and wise and great and holy and so on but when it comes to what happened to us us meaning the Bnei Ashkenaz what we picked up in the cynicism of the enlightenment in the cynicism of, 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 of what happened, the transformations of the place in Europe is that something changed and what changed was is that is that the parents and the teachers no longer know anything and the children consider themselves to be the smartest people in the world and I don't know if it's only me but I'm sure some of you I shouldn't say that maybe some of you have also been in situations where where you have 30-40 years of, of experiencing and understanding something and you share this with, with a young person and, and you get the eyes rolling and and this like you know you just you just don't know and, and I'm trying to say why why would why wouldn't I know I mean why, and why would you know I mean I, I I'm not saying that I know I'm not saying that I I know about the things that on the gate to you at this time I certainly don't know the music that you know I don't know the, the, the games on the machines that, that they have I don't know that but there are certain things that, that, that I know from, uh, from just life's experiences and, and, uh, and that I receive I receive from my father and from my mother and the things that, that, that we know and uh, that, doesn't, that doesn't necessarily work there's this feeling that the the Rebbe the P.S. that talks about the beginning of the Talmudim I mean, some of you maybe were in my wife's class last year. I think she went to Chavzat Talmidim on Wednesday. If you review that, you'll see unbelievable what the Rebbe, what the Rebbe goes to over there, the whole change that's taken place in modern times. The children are convinced that they know the truth. And they're always telling their parents, you don't know, or you don't understand me. And this is not how it is. Anybody thinks differently, especially from the friend. There's always the friend. And if you say anything different from the friend, who's the Rosh of the Chabura, the one who your entire life depends upon, it's the craziest thing. You know, you, you've been preparing to have children your whole life, and you've been davening and crying, and, and, and you try to send them to the best yeshivas, and, and, and you do everything you can for them, and then it ends up like being up to some goofy kid. You know, your whole, your whole child's future depends on some friend. And, and then when the kid, like when the friend comes to the house, he say, I can't believe it. Everything depends on you. Like, what, what, who made you the Reish, you know, and, and, and the Rebbe of my kid? <clears throat> you, you're as confused and more confused than he is. What you, you became the, the Reish. But, but uh, my friend knows. My friend knows. Rakhem Yoidim Umavinim. It's not anymore, even when I'm not so old, but, you know, when a teacher, when a teacher says something, or when a teacher was critical, or when a Rebbe... Uh, when the Rebbe had a tain against against me, it wasn't a question of me feeling that I was that I was uh, done a terrible injustice and going home and have my parents like have that teacher fired or something. It was I was I was mavuyish. I was embarrassed to say anything to my parents because it wasn't a shaila. It wasn't a shaila. I'm just a little a, a little nothing, a little nobody. And even even if I felt like I, I, inside, I felt like you know. Like this teacher is being particularly rough and so on, but it wasn't a question of I know more, or, or, or I had to. My father, ever ever in my life, had to like work an Indian out with me that I should be macabulant. There was no such thing that he had to work something out with me. He's a very wonderful and, and kind person, and he always said everything in a, in a gentle way. But it wasn't like we're having a, a vote. This is not up for a vote. This is what we're doing. And, and I never had a ha'avim in my life to ask him why. My mother, I did a little bit, a little bit, but it was only until my father got home, and then that was the end. That was the end of that. But and I had no resentment. I wasn't angry. I didn't put me at risk. 
I, I, I was perfectly happy and I loved my family and it was well adjusted. I didn't feel any of the, any anger or frustration because I assumed that my father, and I still do, that my father knew and he knows. And I still I still talk to him and there's something that I'm thinking I don't understand, I'm wondering about him. And, and and same thing with my Rebbe. And this was this was a feeling that that, that that was very common amongst us, even though we were a kid and we were having fun, we were also cynical and wise guys and so on, but there was, and I'm talking about not a long time ago, there was a hakar, there was, no, there was a recognition that, that we're nobodies, that we don't know anything, and that these are people that know more than us, and the chash of the people, we don't know anything. So there was Derek Harris, and we were makabal, and we received from these people. But before Mashiach comes, there's such a metzias that the children think that rakhein yoidim mevinim, Remember we learned last week that Rabbi Nachman said I heard that they say that there's such a thing as this world but I've never seen it because all I've ever seen is misery and suffering so where's this Eidam Hazer that everybody's talking about but the, but the children growing up nowadays they're convinced that they know where Eidam Hazer is they know exactly where it is they know what they want to what they want to do after they finish school they really know what they want to do during school and they know exactly where Eidam Hazer is so you'll have You'll have so kids can't understand now. How is it possible for parents to say, for for, for a parent to say, you're going to marry so and so? They can't be masters or something. When a generation ago, that's that's how it was. But how can we even explain to our children that parents chose, that parents that they think that's the most? And nowadays, you really it's very hard to do such a thing. Not because it didn't work, and not because it can't work, but because there's been this this change in the attitude of the children that. My parents don't know. My parents don't understand. I know what's good for me, and I know where I'm going to find Olam Hazeh. And and therefore they say, Where is it? Where is it? You know, like you have nowadays. And I remember when I when I when I first when I was trying to explain this to my father, we had a, we had a a cousin of mine that it was a cousin of mine that that uh, this is a while back that he was not he was not doing things that he should be doing and he should and so on, and and. Um, and the relative said to my father, maybe you could talk to him. So my father said, what my father's way of doing was, as I was there, I said, what's the matter with you? Why don't you stay? Why aren't you in yeshiva? Why aren't you learning? So he said to my father, I'm trying to find myself. Remember that lesson. My father said, you're sitting in, your, you're sitting in this dining room in Queens. What do you mean you're trying to find yourself? I mean, it's such a... It's such a to, to that to that generation, it's such a strange concept. You're trying to find yourself, and for that you have to leave and go away and destroy your family and your parents and yourself and everybody to find yourself. That which nowadays, if somebody would say to a kid, "What's the matter? What do you mean you're trying to find yourself?" They look at us like we're crazy because like we've never found ourselves. <laughs> we've never had we've never found ourselves, and we have to and we have to embark on some unbelievable journey. which is like they think it's such a chash of a chash of a thing. And you can't explain, you can't tell, and if you try to say anything, then 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 it's worse than not saying. Avalbam is Zahari Lamaschil. The truth is it never even gets started. So why is it that the kids are convinced that they're not going to find Ilam Hazah at home and in Yeshiva? So Tsimhayer is not pulling any punches. What he's saying is we have to see this. He's very sweet, so he says it in such a sweet way. But what he's saying is, because they're chaser tanugim baruchnius. Let's translate. Does mean they're chaser? They're missing pleasure in, in their spiritual lives. And if that's the case, then they're convinced that this is not where they're going to find it. They're not. They're not going to find it in yeshiva. They're not going to find it at home. They're not having any pleasure being in yeshiva. They're not having any pleasure being at home. So because of that, in Cain, kol mashu humashu. Therefore, Tzimei says. Because, because of this unbelievable dearth, this lack, this absence of of simcha, of having joy in Yiddishkeit, of having a, a sense of belonging and excitement in Yiddishkeit, they're looking for Elam Hazer, and, and and they don't see it in the yeshiva, they don't see it in the house, so they look for it in other places, and therefore. Says, any tiny little drop of it that any father or mother or any teacher or any mashkiach or mashpia or rosh yeshiva or manal or principal call mashpia bechal eifan shul a good friend. Whatever you could do at any age in any situation, 
to try to to be mashpia, to try to give over the light and the pleasantness and the inner joy that's in every single, every tiny little detail of serving Hashem. How wonderful it is! How much, how much pleasure! How beautiful it is! ben to every son, to every student. See, that's the greatest way to, to watch your children, to protect them. So we think that watching the children is by just getting rid of the internet and by cutting the wires of the telephone and by taking away their cell phones and by trying to isolate them and trying to, and trying to cut them off from this friend and from that friend and try to only find this kind of school or that kind of school and it has to be this and that and to try to send them only to the best camp. The, and we think there's all going to be the greatest shmir and how we're going to make sure that they're always addressed the right way and we're going to watch what they're watching and what they're, and what they're listening to and who their friends are. All of these things are part of the Shemir, but remember, the children sense this as a negative thing. They feel the parents are, are always suspicious of them. They don't like that. The children don't like that. Where are you going, honey? Even if you put the honey at the end of the sentence, that doesn't fix it. Where am, where am I going means it. What do you mean where am I going? I'm, not talking about, I, I'm 16 years old, I'm 15, 16 years old. Nowadays they could really say, I'm 10 years old. You have little girls that they're spazzing up and down Central Avenue. They want to go out, they go out, they want to go walking up and down Central Avenue, looking in stores and going here and here. It's, it's, not, it's not something which is has shown evil. But the children have this very fierce feeling of wanting to get out and discover Ulam Hazar. And, and, and when the parents are constantly asking, where are you going? What are you doing? Again, I never thought twice about this when I was growing up. And not only did we didn't have cell phones then, but I had to call whenever I went someplace. I had to check in, and and that was a requirement. There was no such thing that I would go to movies or to go to bowling or someplace with a with a chaver and not to slip out at some point and, and call and say, "Am I okay? Things are right." And that was it. But there was always there was always a feeling that my that my that my parents' eyes were upon me every single moment, and I didn't find it disturbing. I found it reassuring. I found it reassuring. It didn't bother me. Uh, bothered me if I couldn't go to a game or something because my parents wanted me to go to a relative or something. That was just annoying. But it didn't bother me that I felt my parents were constantly aware of where and, and thinking of where I was. And we learned a few weeks ago that that itself is a gewaldig ishmir. But nowadays, nowadays when the, when the parents are asking the children, where are you going? Who are you talking to? Where were you until now? So more and more this is becoming something which the children feel is... Uh, due to suspicion, and that I, my parents, uh, my parents don't trust me, or they don't trust me, and the children are saying this all the time. You don't trust me. You like to say, of course I don't trust you. Why should I trust you? And you have to be such. <laughs> what made you such a big, you know, a trustworthy person? But okay, but 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 we talk that way. We can't talk that way. They perceive all of this as negativity. So what may is saying that the most powerful shmir, even though we learned before, that you have to always, in a smart way. Not always asking the kids, but in a smart way to keep track and to know and where and what and who the friends are, what's going on. But the biggest, biggest shmir is, the biggest shmir is, I, and, I, and I've told this to, to so many parents, and I, and I tell it to myself much more than I've told to anybody else. The biggest shmir is that to try to make the home such a place where the kids are going to want to be home. The kids are going to be happy in their home. They're going to want to, they're going to, want to be part of the family and grow up in this house. They'll, they should feel that there's a mystique because there's a sweetness with our, with our family and this is the best place. And, and um, I, I've often mentioned this and I was, uh, I, I think I mentioned it to this, to this Hever, that, that I was so worried when we had to make the decision already almost 12 years ago to, to move to the neighborhood, so I didn't know. I was never really in Woodmere in my life, honestly. And maybe I think once the drop off of my daughters had a friend or something, I, but I really wasn't here at all. Even though I was in Farakway, it's not far, but it was like a different, you know, it's a different area, so I didn't know. And I was worried, and what? And I know it's going to be. And my children, my children, Gavalt was with my children. On many, many levels, I feel that it's been the biggest brook in our lives, but, but on a very simple level, on a very simple level, so when I was in Yushalayim, before I made the decision, I went to see different tzaddikim. And, and, and one of the tzaddikim, so I said, I'm worried. I don't know what's going to be. I don't know who's in this neighborhood and who are going to be their friends. I don't know what's going to be. So, you know, I heard it's like, you know, uh, it's the world center of modern orthodoxy. And I don't know what that means for my children and the television and the different things. And okay, I'm being honest with you. These are my concerns. Yushalayim and so on. And, and uh, there was a big, big tzaddik that, that he, he pinched me on the face. And he said, he said, 
what are you nervous about? He says that he says the kindle are going to grow up with you and your wife in the house, not with not with people all over the neighborhood. But they're going to grow up in your house. It's going to be gavaldi. And and I and I strengthened myself with that amuna, and I see that he was so so unbelievably right about that. That that whereas in my old neighborhood, a lot of my chaverim they never ever know where their kids are. They don't know where is, where is everybody. They're constantly like going and running and coming. It's, it looks like it's a lot of fun from the outside, but as they get older, it's not so posh. And and I and I and I always felt that we have my wife and I this that our children grow up in our home. Not that they're lonely; they have friends and they get to see and they're very comfortable. But but for the most part, this is where they were, this is where they were raised. This is who they are. This is where they grew up. And I've said this many times. I've seen that many places where I've gone out of town. There are different challenges out of town, but but in a certain way they have an advantage that the kids are gr- growing up more in the, with the parents because the community that's that, that's what all they have they have they have their, their little cover they're not every night and every day like disappearing and just becoming friends with a group of 20 people like if you go to the from neighborhoods you know you'll see in different streets main areas you'll see like packs that nobody's really developing real relationships it's just like big globs of kids and and they're not really working at inyanim in their hearts and in, in their minds. They're just like sort of like moving together like a school of fish from one like place to the next place, and not really. And it's a and it's a it's a shmir, it's a gavaldige shmir that the children should should be happy in the house. And what and why what will do that when when they see that there's a sweetness when the parents are talking in a good way and when they see that there's simch in the house and and, and it's a home. And same thing when it comes to the yeshiva, <clears throat> it's so important. I I have I have such nachas. Sometimes I go and I go to see children. And I go to different yeshivas to go. Uh, I'm invited to go see the kids in the yeshivas, and I, and I see there, especially for the little ones, the projects that they that they make, the unbelievable projects, and how the mora talks to them. I'm thinking, really, we needed somebody who was 15, 16 to talk to us that way also. Oh, we didn't have to sit on those little things, and 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 you know, but but the sweetness that they have, these women, the mora's how they talk, and then the yot and the rabbi. Uh, I, I went into a class in a certain yeshiva. And there was a Rebbe there. There was a Lubavitcher fellow, an old kid, an old Lubavitcher. And and he, and he said, Kindelach. I, I, he didn't. When I walked in, he was doing this. He was. He said to the boys, he said, Kindelach, Heilige Kindelach, Holy Children. I want everybody to close their eyes for a minute and to and to and to think how the Baruch Shalom loves you, loves each and every one of you. And I was thinking that that's such a shmir and a child. This is what gives a child the feeling. I want to be here. This is a, Yiddishkeit is good. Yiddishkeit is good. I don't have to look for, I don't have to look for companionship or friendship or, or something because there's no Elam Hazar that's better than being a Jew. There can't be anything that's more gishmak than being a Yid. What could be better than being a Jew? But if the children Khalila are growing up and they and they see that being among Jews and with Jews is not something which is gishmak, so then this is this is what happens. So he writes. The third line of Pedro Tess. Zera Shmir El Yana Chigod Kiyukval Letzarev Dvar Machayim. He feels that he doesn't. He feels that he doesn't. He doesn't need anything else. The child feels that that I have everything here. What what could I what could I be lacking? I have everything I want over here. Because really, what people are desperate more for than anything else is to have love and companionship. Loneliness is the most terrible thing. So a person feels, where do I need to go? I have everything I have, everything I could possibly need. I have here. This is the main struggle with the Eight Sahara. In Machnisim Liyelad Be'ezer Gil Shalayiyah Me'alav Be'ez Va'ad Karlo Va'ad Bechlal Every child, that's why I said even 1670, he says even the age of Karlo, even a, a guy that's already married. From the time that you were in Alav Be'ez till Karlo, not even in Karlo. As I'm a Sikh, Shiyesh B'Tar If the child would see the sweetness that's in Yiddishkeit, in Torah. B'chol Chelke HaTorah Olive base. If the olive base ready, so you know when the boys are three years old, you make an upshare and, and you give them the honey on the olive base, and after that it's downhill. You know, <laughs> so the first olive, the first letters are sweet, and you say the toy should be sweet in your mouth, but then afterwards, it's, yeah, afterwards you have to you have to keep that up, that the toy should be sweet. And I look back now with my daughters, I was very easy going with my girls. I most of my life took care of them, but with my son. So I had this thing, you know, that I want him to be the film guy. 
he's a good boy, you know, he's a, he's a very good boy. But I see now, like, you know, the way that I, the way that I did it, I, you know. And my father was always telling me, take it easy, because, you know, after my father came home, I'm doing another Gemara, I'm finishing another Gemara with him. And, 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 and my father was always saying, you know, Take it easy, you know. Take it easy with them, you know. Go and play a little bit, and and, and um, I feel that I'm guilty of not of not giving that sweetness, you know, of making it of making it something which which would really that it would it would sustain him. Baruch Hashem is a wonderful boy, but that mesikus from the time of Olive Bay's the sweetness and the emus of being a Jew and on and Tyro and Chumash and Nevi'im and Mishnayis. Even the keys when he learns in depth and he starts going Chazar of Yung Shulchan Aruch Seif Seifayir he learns the Musaf Svarim Pnimis Etaret learns Chasidus Svarim Chal Yafel Lefiak Kaiches Each person according to his own abilities. So Chanoich Lanar Lefidarka. But Shlomo says that you should educate each child according to his according to his derech. Mashul Yafel Lefiak Kishoynish Loi Vahakaiches Loi. What he's able to do. With his kishrayness, that each child with his own kishrayness, not too much, not too little. With his kaiches, what what is he capable of accomplishing in Torah? There are some students think they have the ability to sit and to learn many hours in a row. Then you have other children that they can't sit for so many hours. The problem is that the system doesn't really allow for that. With the girls more so than with the boys, the system doesn't allow for boys who don't have who don't have zitzvah, who can't sit for hours. The system doesn't really allow for it. And and now now we're beginning to realize slowly, slowly, slowly that that there have to be ways to to to, to give these these boys an opportunity to grow at their own pace. But this is this has been a serious problem. That not every boy could sit for so many hours. Each one according to his to infuse in the child the feeling of the light and the sweetness and the pleasantness that there is in Torah. Not that the Torah is something that, that is harsh, and the Torah is something which is unbearable and, and just creates more and more uh, more of an unpleasant and dry and cold type of a life. At every age, the truth is that in every single part of the Torah there is this sweetness. You know, you could have one Rebbe teaches Olive Beis. I remember that my son's Olive Beis Rebbe was the sweetest Jew I ever met. He's still, he's still, uh, he's still doing it. The sweetest Jew I ever met. And and the Olive Beis can be made so sweet. But when I think back. On where I learned Olive Beis and how I learned Olive Beis, it sends real literally. It's, if I think about it, it sends shivers up my spine. It was it was a it was a brutal experience. It was a physically brutal experience, with with getting hit with sticks and being put up against the wall and, and being slammed against the wall and being our hands. And the, I mean, and it was a brutal experience. It's a, you know, if it were possible somehow to forget Olive Beis, I think we would all forget Olive Beis. But you know, over the years, I guess it stuck with us. But. But the but the but olive base can certainly be given with such a sweetness and with stories and with and with making games and having a nice time. That it should be something which is which is pleasant. You could you would make it so enjoyable for a child. Of course, that's usually the case as I said with the little kids, but the question is much harder how do you make it enjoyable for older children? How do you make it enjoyable for sixth graders and seventh graders and eighth graders? And and I see that there are special teachers that could do that. There are special teachers. And all of us hopefully have had in our lives some of those special, special teachers that made Torah so delicious, so pleasant. And and I, and I remember I had a Rebbe in 10th grade. I never had a Rebbe like this. I never had a Rebbe like this. I remember everything he taught me. I don't remember from the other ones, but I remember everything he taught me. He was first the first Rebbe that ever called us by our names. We never had that. It was always the last name or you. It was never. He called. He called us by our names. Kulam b'shem Yikra. You see, in this parsha, by Midbar, Hashem calls Yisru by his name. It's a big thing. He called. He used to call us by our first name, and then sometimes he would, when he said something good, he would say Chaimke, Amoishila, like my father says, and I, and I think Amoishila. Whoever calls him Amoishila, only my father calls him Amoishila. 
But you're ever supposed to be your father. You're supposed to talk that way and teach us that way. He was the only one. We never had such a thing. I can't explain. It was such a chiddush us. He was a Yushalmi Yid. He, Baruch Hashem, is still alive. He's an old Jew. Tzadik. Uh, but he, he, he was, it was so amazing to us. And you know what? He never had to ask us twice to be quiet. Ever. We were howling. We were running over each other to make him happy. But the ones that were always yelling and hitting and angry at us, anything we can get away with, we got away with. And as much as we can make their lives miserable, we made their lives miserable. He spoke, in a, he spoke barely in a whisper. Barely in a whisper. <clears throat> but he spoke to us like with their Harris. So he spoke to us like as someone he cared for us. He used to ask, he used to ask, you know, if you weren't there, he would, he would ask, and how are you, how are you feeling? How the other he says, you, you, you missed, you have to make up. How are you? And he, if you were absent for two or three days, he didn't call to find out whether you were cutting. He called because he was worried. And he would talk to my mother and he would say, maybe you should try this medicine and that medicine. This is what it was. And we, and, and we felt this. He, lo- he loves us. And we never had such a thing. It was a chiddush to us. It was a rabbi that loved us. And the way that he taught us, the way that he taught us Gemara, he would sing with us the Gemara. He would sing. He would close his eyes and he was, he was a, he was a Stalin a Chassid who was by Rav Kook. Now, you know I have certain warm, warm feelings for things. He was, he was like Mamish on fire this year. And he would sing with us the Gemara. And he would say, Anigin, Anigin, Anigin. Leibedek, Anigin. We never answered. It was a Chiddush for us. It was always, be quiet, shut up, shake it, guy. You look like a guy, you talk like a guy. Stop acting like a guy. That's all it was. That was every, that's how we were spoken to for the most part. More or less. You know? So then when you thought, when you were little, you thought you get a lady, it's already better. They were the worst. The ladies were the worst. Like in the English teachers, they were like, they were crazy. Like, it was the worst. So, you know, there was like these angry old ladies. And it was, and it was scary. So, what's, what happens is that you don't want to be, you know, you feel like this is, this is what it is in yeshiva. This is what, this is a, so Baruch Hashem, when you have, when you have, it's, the matzah is much better now, much, much, much better. When you have, when you have a rabbi, when you have a teacher that, that, that makes it sweet, that makes it interesting, and he cares about you. There's, when I'm in the summer in the bungalow, there's a, there's a, there's a a rabbi there for little boys. I, if I could take, a, if we'd go on a class trip, I'd have to show this to you. <laughs> My wife and I sit on the porch every morning just to be able to watch. He goes, he, he, first of all, it could be 120 degrees, he wears the whole, he's got everything on. And everything, the buttons closed, you know? And, and he, he goes with the boys, marching like off into the woods, <laughs> singing with them. And the boys are like dancing, it's like something from the Belshamtev, I'm telling you. And, 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 uh, and my wife and I, you know, and then he brings the boys, uh, he always brings the boys to come past the bungalow, and he says, everybody say good morning to Rabbi Weinberger. And the boys say, good morning. And then he says, not, that's not enough. Leibedek. And then they sing a niggin. And they're learning. You should see how they're learning. They're screaming out the psukim, the boys. It's the most beautiful thing. They're screaming out the psukim. And when the and when the cheder is over, they they go to his bungalow and he gives them cookies and he sits and tells them stories on his own time. That's already way past day camp. He he, he goes and sits and he, they sit around him. If they see it such a beautiful, they sit around him. He has on his lap and he tells them stories. Kindlech, kindlech, and he tells them meisim. It's unbelievable. He he, is, he makes Jews. That's how you build a Jew. That, that every one of them is going to remember that, that I had this year that, that uh, you're right, he wasn't so much like us he's had a funny accent he looked a little bit different you know but he loved us he loved us <clears throat> he's walking this year he walks and, and there's one of the, his little boys is on the bicycle I'm telling him it's ready 6 o'clock and, and he says Yankala, Yankala Rebbe, what is it? Is Yankala, come here and he comes and he comes to him and he takes him off the bicycle and says I have to kiss you I have to kiss you. I can't, I can't. I can't not kiss you. So I have to kiss you. And he gives him a kiss. I see this. I'm watching from where I'm sitting. This is kisseder, a sweetness of a Jew, a mesikus of a yid. And this is what's this is what's machayet child. And and when you get older, you see. So I had this rabbi in tenth grade. So he didn't he, he didn't speak this like little children. He spoke this with such derech eretz and, and and warmth. And we, were, we knew like we were a bunch of wise guys. Why are you talking to us with such respect? He spoke to us like we were dignified people. And we didn't think we were all dignified. 
But he spoke to us with such that you wanted to be that way, you know. You wanted, you didn't want Rebbe to be disappointed in you. You thought about like, you know, that's a chashidah thing. Rebbe thinks I'm, Rebbe thinks I'm a good guy, you know. I, I want to be a good guy. And this is, this is how, this is how he turned our lives around it, without raising his voice once. And that's the way we have to raise the children. So every single step along the way, Rebbe Tzumay says, we could do that every step along the way. Each child according to his, each child according to his own kaifas. he says the biggest Baltaiv in the world, you know he's the biggest Baltaiv. The person who's after all the crazy Taivas of this world can't possibly understand how much Tanu, how much pleasure a little holy, pure Jewish child has living Taiva. Learning holidays. Because we have Nishamas. We're not regular people. We're not Stan. We have Nishamas. And Hashem Nisbach's Torah talks to us. And the letters of the Alabes talk to us. At every stage, when you learn Chumash Rashi, Mishnayis, Adin B'Kiyas, until the higher level of learning Gemara, we call Chelik Michelke HaTayr. Every single Chelik, every single part of Torah, but Tzorich as a Siyaita Dishmaya, you have to daven. That's to be the crying and the tears and the begging of the of the father and the mother. Of the Rebbe, that we should be able to open their hearts, to open the child's heart. That we should be able to infuse into that heart the sweetness of being a Jew. What he's saying here is that there are some re- there, there are some rabbis that they walk into class and they just open up. They don't really have to appear because they're doing alibis. So the rabbi doesn't have to appear alibis. He just opens up the the alibis book and he says, "Read alibis in the But then there are other rabbis that they sit up all all, all, all night thinking for hours and hours, "How could I make a game? How could I make it fun?" I see this with my daughter, my Suri, she's a teacher. She's always, always thinking and planning different ways how she can make it exciting for the kids in bed and asking daddy, do you think this is something? And I say, I, I, don't, I don't know how to make it fun like that, you know, different ideas, different, you know, I, I can tell you stories, but I don't know, but, but she thinks of different games and charts and they do things that they're so much fun and that, and that they want to learn. And the girls are learning, they, 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 they're excited by it and they're learning. And, and, Therefore, a Rebbe, even if he's teaching, even if he's teaching or Mora, that's teaching something which is simple. You have to prepare. You have to prepare. You might not have to prepare the, the actual chomer, the material, because what is it? The kid, you know, it takes you five minutes. You read the Rashi, and and, and you have the whole class because the kids take a while to read the Rashi. That's not the preparation, but the preparation is how to present it. How do I present this Rashi? How do I do this? How can I make it interesting? Looking up a story, thinking of something, an idea, something that I once saw in a book. How could I make this? How could I make this exciting? I always tell my wife she should be well. I, I'm, I'm always so. I don't want to say jealous because you're not jealous of, of people, someone that you love. But I admire her. Every time she gives a shear, she lives in that shear. Don't tell her I'm telling you this. She gets embarrassed. She lives in this shear. Like and now, now she's preparing tests because uh, she learns every year and life and all this. So our whole house is tests. That's all there is. I don't know how to explain it. Everything that she talks about, everything she's sitting with a thousand svarim, and she goes to the library and she goes thinking and looking and cutting out things, and it comes down only for like a, it may come out for an hour, 45 minutes. But I'm telling you, she puts in her heart and soul to prepare for that. She does the same thing for the girls in high school. She's been teaching. It's not done. It's hours and hours and hours. And I'm thinking about it, the whole thing. We have to prepare. They don't. They don't understand how much the girls in the in the class that in high school that's for 15 minutes. You can look over the thing. You know, and to, she's like all different how to say it and what to say. And then she'll ask me, should I say it like this or like that? And I said, no, it sounds nice. Either way, but it's good. It's good. No, no, no. Which is the better? How shall I? Do? And to talk over and to 
and, and the kids all know that, that mommy's, mommy's that there's a shear and, and all the kids she asks the children about different ideas that they have at the table she'll ask the kids we're learning we're talking about tests and tests means the type of tests and the shape of the tests and what do you think and she it, it becomes like the whole avoid of her life when she's giving a shear how to how to say it over that she'll be driving this kablam and how many times so she'll ask me and I'll show her an idea in a safer that, that, that I think is beautiful and she thinks it's beautiful but she says but it's not really what they need it's not what they need and, 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 and I'm thinking oh, I need that <laughs> so a lot of times I'm thinking, you know, I say something that I need, but it's true. It's not what the, it's not what the heaven needs. And and my wife will will skip over something, even though it's unbelievable, if she feels it's not what the heaven needs. That's not what they need. So that's that's nice for me and you, but it's not what they need. And this is the this is the preparation that goes when a person thinks how to give over Yiddishkeit in a way that, that, that that's that's beautiful. When you have a teacher like that, when you when you, when the children are zayich to have teachers like that. So then the whole Yiddishkeit is a different Yiddishkeit. That's what you need to, have to think of ways to prepare, to put in the Arabs, the sweetness, the Geshmak, and so Pnimi, the inner light, and so Hagonas, the Torah, the hidden light of the Torah. It's with everything in Avedis Hashem, every single part of Avedis Hashem. This is with boys and with girls. With boys and girls. Shabbos has to be something which is very special. Every Shabbos at home has to be a Shabbaton. Every Shabbos has to be a Shabbaton. I, 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 again, I, you know, since it's a small chevra, I feel like I can share things that are more personal. I daven Hashem's Bach every single Shabbos in the shul. I, I, I want it to be like a Shabbaton. What does that mean? I'm not successful with that, and it's not. It's not only. I want it to be that this Friday night should be the most kishmak daven. And this Shabbos morning should be the best, and that I should, Hashem should help me to say Torah that, that, that the Chaver needs to hear. Everything should be like it's like we have one Shabbaton. That's how I prepare for Shabbos. When I'm thinking what, that this is like the only Shabbaton, it's called Eish Kaidish, just parishes by Midbar Tavshin Samatal. That's the one Shabbos I have with my Chaver this whole year. And that it should be a Shabbaton. And every Shabbos you have in the, when you have in the house, it should be like a Shabbaton. Don't just go to sleep and to try to be potter, to try to hide behind guests and to make stuff. It should be in the house, it should be a Shabbaton. It should be to prepare Torah that you say for the kids' Shabbos. You prepare the whole week. What do you have to prepare? Is a little kid, how, how little kids, how much You prepare, you prepare, get swarm in English, you look how to make it interesting, how to make it fun at the table, have contests, have little chidons at the Shabbos table, whatever. You have, to, you have to make Shabbos that it should be Shabbos should be unbelievable. It should be like every Shabbos should be a Shabbaton in the house. And with the singing and to do record around the table Friday night, you're tired. Everybody's tired. But the children, the children live for that. And and in the beginning they think, hey, what's going on? This is some kind of weird thing. They 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 want that. They want that. You get up and you make a record by the Shabbos table. You dance by the Shabbos table. You make you make a Shabbos table. It's like a Shabbaton. So they only because they they think the only time they can have a Shabbaton is when they go on some once a year to some trip or something. The school, the Shabbos at home is a Shabbaton. But the, the, and that's going to be by their children, by our grandchildren. It'll also be such a thing. It'll be it'll be a Shabbaton Shabbos, not stam dead and boring and lifeless chassidshon, or, or sometimes even worse than that. A lot of times people are most tense and they get angry and all kinds of things going. Should be lifting, and if a kid doesn't feel like sitting at the tables, so you don't have to sit at the table. You have some times you have parents that the kids are like like it's West Point or something at the Shabbos table. <laughs> sit up like this, sit here, don't go here, don't give the kids. Forget it. What is Shabbos like? Was it the army or something? You want to go lie down? So go lie down. What's the whole Indian like you have that has to be like this and like that without the gishmak? You can get away with that if Shabbos is a lot of fun. So you can get away with a little bit of discipline. But if all you have in the house is discipline, sit up like this, go like this, don't do this, do this, do that. Simon says this, Simon says that. So the kid doesn't want to. So what's the, what does it mean? Shabbos. The whole memory of Shabbos is like being in jail. It's like being in boot camp. So a kid doesn't want to have a Shabbos. The Shabbos has to be like this. A yontif. The whole mitzvah of Avodas Hashem. Kol echad lefidagal. So each according to his level. Shari ef shalah hayel hashpiel liyelak katan kavanas haariyah kadosh. Because I is matzarishim. What do you think you're gonna you're gonna teach this? He says you're gonna teach your kid a little kid the kavanas of darizal by eating matzah. 
So I eat a piece of matzah. You make it should be. You shouldn't. You, know, you can't eat the whole thing. So it doesn't eat the whole thing. It's like you know, you, you make it that it should be. That you have to think for the rest of your life, for the rest of his life, that that he should be an erlich He should be a God fearing Jew. So you don't have to. You don't get nervous and, and worried about everything and make the children that they're nervous and for being at the Shabbos table is nervous is scary. What happens if something moves? If something spills? If something this? Or something they feel like a, a tension at the Shabbos table if somebody says something loud, if somebody laughs or whatever. You have that that that. that, that you know, it happened. You know, in, in life, sometimes you, I mean, you're someplace a guest, and you feel like you know, so uncomfortable the way it is. There's such a tension, and that the children need to have a, to enjoy Shabbos. To, I mean, it doesn't mean to be crazy, but they, they should enjoy Shabbos. It should be good. He says, "Kolachad meivin levad, kolachad lefigiloi, lefimatzava yeshlat imatam arav masuk v'noim b'avodas Hashem." Each child, according to his age, you have to give him a sweet, pleasant taste. That is, that is something which is adjusted to that child's own unique talents in his own way. Now, before we continue, there's a page that I photostatted that I'm sure that you're all familiar with, but we must do it. It's already Eric Shavuos. So we're going, to, we're going to prepare for Shavuos. This is a, this, I'm sure many of you, I mean, each year in the shul, I remind the Chavu, but it's not always easy to remember from year to year that we have in the in this we have from the Shalah covers from the Siddh of the Shalah a tefillah that we have an opportunity I, I say this not only on Arab Rashkhaidish Sivan but I say it I, I try to say it many times during the year. But we have this this Thursday this Thursday is Arab Rashkhaidish. Arab Rashkhaidish Sivan is is Arab Shabbos is Friday. We have a Kabbalah from the Shlah. The Shlah was the Chaydish Agadash and the Shnei Luchas Abyss of Yeshaya Levi Horowitz. He's buried in Tveria. We have from the Shlah Kaddish Kabbalah that this is an unbelievably powerful tefillah to daven for our children. To daven for our children. And if you're not yet married, you don't have children. Or if somebody's married and they're not chasson, they weren't zaychah for children. To daven for Jewish children, for Yiddish kinder. You know, someone that has problems with their children, to try to daven for their children. And to try to daven for Yiddish kinder. That, the, that things should be well. This is This is... Uh, an unbelievable tefillah. If you see where I underlined, you see on top. So the the, the shlo wrote, the libi oimer, my heart tells me. Now, when you have a person like the shlo says, my heart tells me, it means it's a very serious matter. <coughs> my heart tells me, shas rotsun letefilah zuba ervayshchadesiv. Even though you can say this the whole year, this tefillah, but the greatest opportunity that this tefillah should be answered, the Shlan Nu, is say this on Erev Ashchaydish Sivan. That's this Thursday. Erev Ashchaydish The Shlan, these are the words of the Shlan, that this is the month, of course, that the Torah was given. Hashem called us his children, his children. And if you can, it would be it's good if the husband and wife can fast on Ervash Khadashivan. That's only that's not if someone's weak or unable to, obviously it's difficult. But if someone is able to the husband and wife to fast, not from the night before, but from the morning. And they should try to, the father and mother should be should try to to think thoughts of tshuva and to try to correct some things in the house that need to be corrected. Some things with the kashrus to, to strengthen in the house. Some things in their own personal relationships between the husband and wife. To try to put aside some tzedakah for poor for, for poor Jews on Siva and to say this tefillah. So let's do the tefillah again. It'll take, us, it'll take us five minutes, ten minutes. Let's do the tefillah together. It could be that this is that this is translated in some English. I don't know. It, maybe it's not. Well, I, I, I don't know. So we'll do it together. And if you find it someplace, it's it's on. We did a list. It is on there in English. Yeah, Hebrew and English. Oh, good, good. I, I didn't. Even, I don't know. That's good. So I know we, we did it once before. I, I was going to say tomorrow morning to the guys. Okay. So let's go over the tefillah together. It'll be it'll be at the beginning of our Avodah. And remember, this is also if a person doesn't have children. It's for it's for Jewish children. We should we should all try to say it. Yeah, a little bit got a little bit got hard, it's hard to read because of the way with the machine. Hashem, you were God before you created the world. And you created the world. Hashem, your God, 
from the beginning till the end in all worlds. And you created the world because you wanted us to know about your about your presence, to tell us about you, that we should know about about your existence, that we should know that we should know we should learn more and more about you. We should be able to get closer and closer to you by learning your Torah. Like Chazal say on the first word of the Torah, gracious in the beginning. That Hashem created the world gracious for the, for the sake of the Torah, which is called gracious, the beginning, and for the sake of the Jewish people, are called gracious through also Hashem's beginning, the beginning of Hashem, of Hashem's beginning in this world. The Jewish people, so Hashem has well created the world for the sake of the Torah, for the sake of the Jewish people to learn Torah. So we should get closer and closer to Hashem. Because they're your people, they're your, they're your portion. You've chosen from all the nations. And you gave them your holy Torah. You brought them close to your holy name, to your great name. He says, and for the sake of sustaining the world. And says, That you commanded us. Hashem Zerach, you gave us, in order to sustain the world and to keep the Torah, you gave us two commandments. Hashem, you wrote in your Torah that we should have children. You want us to, have to try to have children. Because you also wrote in your Torah, you told us to teach Torah to our children. And really, the, the kavana, the meaning of both of these mitzvahs is one. Both of these mitzvahs, it's really one thing. You didn't create the world to remain desolate, to be empty. You want the world to be filled, to be inhabited. And you created it to reveal your glory. You formed and you created. So that we and our children of Itzat, and our grandchildren of Itzat, and all Jewish children, that we should all know your name. Learn your Torah for its own sake. Therefore, Hashem, I'm coming to you. I'm coming to you. Hashem, King of all kings. And I'm beseeching you. I'm begging you. My eyes, my eyes are turned to you. Until you have mercy upon me and listen to my tefillah. Hashem, bring to me, bring into my life sons and daughters that I should have children. Hashem, help that they should be able to get married and also have children. That my family, that our family should continue until the end of all generations to be able to greet Mashiach to came until the end of time. The Sachlis for the purpose, not time to have kids. It doesn't mean it's to have kids so I should have, you know, so I should I have the, the cutest kid on the block or the or the smartest kid on the block or whatever. But the tachlis shahim va'aniva nachnu kolonu nasib b'sarosu For the tachlis that we were created, that we should want, that we should learn your holy Torah and to grow closer to you. Little more to lamed lishmar velasoyis to to learn to teach and to keep. All the words of your, of your, of your Torah with love. Illuminate our eyes with your Torah. And attach our hearts to your mitzvahs. And unify our hearts to be focused, to love you, and to fear your name. Our Father, compassionate Father. Hashem, give us long and blessed lives. Who is like you, Hashem? Compassionate Father. If you remember the ones you created, for life with compassion. But it's not just that we want to live in this world. It's not just we're asking you for long life in this, in this short life, in this little world of 120 years. We want to live a life of nitzchius, of eternity. The only way that we could be eternal is that we give Yiddishkeit over to our children and they give it over to their children. That's the only way that we could be eternal forever and ever.
in this world. If only he will live before you, that means that if only he will continue. If only, if only he'll, that my child will grow up and will fear you and will serve you. There's, all, there's no other tachlis. Why else do I want to have a child? What's the other reason? What, any other, what reason is there to have children? What reason is there to have a child? It's only for this tachlis. Therefore, I've come to ask you and to beg from you. That my children and the children of my children forever should be Zerakash, should be kosher Jews. There should never ever be, not in me or my children, my grandchildren, any, God forbid, any blemish or anything, any imperfection. They should be bring peace and there should be truth and good and upright in the eyes of God and the eyes of all people may my children and grandchildren be masters of Torah Jews who study Torah Mari Mikra meaning Tanakh Mari Mishnah they should, they, they should be great in the study of Mishnah Mari Talmud and Gemara Mari Raza great in their understanding of the secrets of Torah Mari Mitzvah Jews who are masters of keeping mitzvahs who love mitzvahs Mari Gimus Chasodim that they that they are great in Gminas Chasadim and kindness. Mary Midas Trumias, that they have exalted Midas, wonderful, beautiful Midas. That they should serve you with love, with inner love and deep and inner fear. It's not a superficial way of fearing you. And give each of their physical bodies, of my children and grandchildren, that they should have what they need in an honorable way, that they should have a parnas, that they should be able to live in an honorable way. Hashem give them health and give them honor and give them strength. that they should be tall. They should be tall. They should be upright. They should be healthy. they should be pretty and they should be attractive. The chesed and charming and chesed. And please Hashem, let there be love and friendship and peace between all of my children. And give them at the right time. They should get good. They should be get good matches. They should have good, a good zivug. descendants of of tamilichacham from the seed of tzadikim. The gam zivugayim you and that they should that they should that their zivug should be fit for each one according to who he or she is. All that I daven for them. Because what I'm asking you is for each and every one of my children. I'm just saying it all together now, but it's for each of my children. Hashem, you know all you know all secrets. You know all that's hidden. And Hashem, before your eyes, all the secrets, all the deep secrets of my heart are completely revealed and known. That my intention in davening for this, and my intention in having children and raising children, is for the sake of your great and holy name. And for the sake of your holy Torah. Okay, therefore, answer me, Hashem, answer me. For the sake of our holy ancestors, and for their sake, bring redemption and salvation to the children. So that, so that the branches resemble the roots. We're the branches of Av Mitzvah and Yaakov. Please help us resemble our ancestors. Let us be like the roots. And for the sake of David, your servant, regular reviews by Merkavah, the fourth leg of the chariot, meaning Av Mitzvah Yaakov, and David is the fourth of the chariot. Who sang to you in his Ruach HaKadosh. And then we say from Tehillim, the capital Tehim Shia Malas, Hashem Kali Rehashem, Halak Adracha, that capital that you all familiar, the Rebbe Tuvi Yushan Kali Mechayacha, or Rebbe Tuvi Yushan Kali Mechayacha, and then we end, on Hashem, Shemeya Tfila, I beg you, please Hashem, who listens to Dav Tfila, Yikuyim Bana Apostolik, may this Apostolik be fulfilled in our lives, Vani Zayz Brisi Aysam, I made a covenant with them, Amar Hashem Hashem said, Ruchi Asher Alech, my spirit that is upon you, and the words of the Torah that I've put into your mouth, may they never leave your mouth, and your children's mouth, and from the children of your children's mouths, may this bris, this covenant of my Torah never leave their mouths. Hashem said, So, 
this is something that, the, that we now on Thursday is the biggest, biggest time. We shouldn't, we shouldn't miss it. It is possible to say together, those who are zoichet to be married, to, to say together with the husband and to say with kavana atzuma, with tremendous, tremendous kavana, and to know that that this tefillah has uh, all the tzaddikim have said that it's from the most, most powerful tefillahs to be kedavim for ourselves and our children. And then we have to think about whether or not. The way that we're raising them, this is what we've been talking about the whole year. Are we raising them to be? Mari Mikra, Mari Mishnah, Mari Talmud, Mari Raza. Are we really honest about, we're asking for all these things, is this what we really want from our children? And we have to think, do we really want our children only for the sake of your holy name? This is all that we're davening for. Why do we want children? Why do we want to get married? What do we want? What are we in this whole parish for? So, so he says in, the, in that little paragraph on top that because it was the month that the Torah was given, so each and every year when Shavuos comes, the heavens are opening up again, and Hashem is giving us a new chance to bring Torah into our lives on the deepest level. Whereas we have, we could do this every day of the year, but this time of the year, Yontav is not just a memory of something that was; it's happening again. So Hashem is saying to us again. Rosh Chodesh even is when we came to Hashinai. Hashem is saying to us again, "You are my children, and I'm giving you my Torah." So He's saying this is the most powerful time. The Shlach just says, "Libi Amar." My heart tells me. He doesn't say it has to be. My heart tells me that it's a very powerful time to say it because the heavens are open again. Hashem is giving us the Torah again, and and, and that means that we have an opportunity to give that to our children. And this tefillah should be should be answered. Well, you should try to say. You should you should probably try to say if you can to say it on, on the day of, of on Thursday day not Wednesday night if you can if, if, if there's no time because, because if the husband and wife are not going to have a chance to be together then it's better to say it than say it together and say it again on Thursday by yourself or the husband said but, but but try to say it together at least Wednesday night if you, you know sometime to try to say the husband and wife it's a, it's a big 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 thing and have in mind if you have friends that are having problems with their children while they if there's a child that's not doing well, either with health or God forbid he's not he's not keeping mitzvahs in the right way, you should try to write down the names of four and say, not only my children, but Hashem's book, this child, Yaakov ben Sarah, and Moshe ben this, and Sarah bas this, and, and, and that the parents should have nachas from them, and that they should go back in the right way. It's a very, very good thing. It's good for us and for our children, and all of Hashem's Baruch's children. And we should be zorichim to Hashem to... Not only to receive the Torah ourselves, but to give it to our children in the way that we learned, in a way that's sweet and that will stay with our children and our grandchildren and our great grandchildren forever and ever.